Radical episode 135. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. I've got a great guest for you guys tonight. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. His name is Scott Scholler. He is out of Illinois and he is running for governor. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's good to be back in front of the camera with you guys. Um, this is going to be a fun interview and I'd like you to welcome to the show, Scott. Welcome, brother. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate being here. Yeah, man. So uh, for the the crowd out there, Scott is also uh, a veteran like myself. Uh, but uh, you, Army, Marine, uh, Air Force, Air Force, I Air Force. You, you're way smarter than everybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What are you doing here talking into this cranny, brother? <laughs> no, I, I I appreciate it. Uh, uh, we share a, a common friend, Harrison Kemp. If you guys out there in the audience remember, uh, Harrison Kemp came on. Uh, he has a outstanding book, and a golly, I should have had it on the top of my desk right here to, to promote him a, a little bit more but it's outstanding um but harrison anybody you know that's a friend of harrison uh i definitely consider a friend in this fight for liberty and the fact that you're running for governor of illinois man psychopath what what inspired this uh it's been something i thought about for a while after the last election uh my current campaign manager ian peak uh he was running for state rep and i was helping manage his campaign and after the election, we kind of just talked about it and we decided, let's just go ahead and do this thing. Um, you know, Illinois is a pretty large haven of statism and, uh, you know, we, we want to fight back against it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, to, to get all I mean, the thing is, this, this isn't your first run like you've run in the past. So you kind of understand uh, what is, I guess, possible and what maybe isn't possible. Like what what do you hope to like, like kind of like how I guess the question should be is what path do you see here? What what is this for? What, what do you want it to do? Uh, I mean, you know, the main goal obviously is to win 35% of the vote wins in a three way race, you know, um, uh, besides that, some subsidiary goals would be, you know, I, I, I want to spread the message. I want to get our message out in front of as many people as possible. I want to let the masses know that we have the best ideas and we have the best principles and the best thoughts for giving people the best quality of life that they can possibly have. Um, so I, you know, I want to spread our message. I want to make new libertarians. I want to grow the party and gain momentum. Um, and I also want to nullify a whole lot of what the governor does when I sit in that big chair. <laughs> yeah. I, I, all right. There's so much to unpack here. Um, I think first we need to get your backstory. Uh, are you, are you a mechanic by trade? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, uh, AC certified diesel master tech. Uh, but right now I'm working on, on cars, trucks, you know, everything under the sun. Yeah, I was going to say, I caught, when I was doing um, a little bit of my research, I, I thought I caught some dually wheels in the background. I was like, man, he doesn't just work on uh, light cars and light trucks. It looks like he's working on some some pretty big uh, type of, uh, you know, non-standard vehicles there. And I mean, and that's impressive. I mean, to, to go through, I mean, kids, if you're listening, if you're young out there being a damn diesel mechanic, it is it's not a bad gig. I'll tell you right that we need a lot more of them. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, so tell me, tell me about, you know, first and foremost, you know, you're a, you're a former vet like myself. You got a couple tours, uh, or at least one tour to Iraq. Is that correct? Yeah. One in Iraq and then, uh, one at Camp Cook, Cupcake and, and Qatar, how you do. <laughs> God, I just, you guys are so much smarter. Um, so, so what, what year did you get in? I joined in December of 2006. 
Okay, so I imagine you probably came up maybe a lot like I did. Am I assuming um, you know that correctly? Maybe you came from a more of a, a, a right-leaning Republican neocon type background. Yeah, yeah, very, very conservative uh, Christian family. You know, nine uh, eleven had a lot of lot to do with you know some of the reasons I joined and, and things like that. How how old were you when nine eleven happened? Uh, I would have been fourteen. Okay. I was actually homeschooling at the time, and I was sitting in a parking lot by myself with my dad's truck at a farmer's market selling vegetables. So you are absolutely unelectable. I mean, you're a homeschooler. I mean, for God's <laughs> sakes, like you can't be a homeschooler. So you're 14 years old. You're selling vegetables out of the, the, the back of your dad's truck, and 9-11 happens, and, and you remember plain as day, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the One of the other guys that was selling he uh turned it up real loud on his radio and we all just kind of gathered around and were in shock and just you know listen listen to it as it happened pretty much yeah i mean it, it, it's it's funny to you know like, i didn't say funny but it's one of those things where when you see you know where people were like it's one of those moments for yeah i, I think you know we might be pretty close to the same generation um it's it's you, you knew exactly where you were and what was happening if you if you had that cognitive uh, understanding of, of what was going on in the world and yeah to see it from a 14 year old's perspective i mean right then and there were you were you mad were you were you scared what what was the feeling they kind of just shocked you know didn't really grasp you know completely what was going on um mm-hmm. just knew that you know a whole bunch of people died <laughs> Yeah. And, and it was it, um, you know, when when you finally went to the recruiter and signed the line, uh, was it uh, still like hot in your in your, you know, like running through your brain that, you know, maybe this is something about revenge? Uh, I wouldn't say it was really that. It's just kind of I guess when it happened, it's kind of made a shift in my personality or, or in my mind or that just kind of, you know, expanded as, as I got older and got towards you know, the age where I could enlist and. You know, I in my brain, I was going to, to spread freedom and protect the people of the United States. You know, at the time, yeah. obviously, as we all know, that's not not uh, exactly what we ended up doing. But yeah. oh, we'll, we'll we'll get to the, all of this fun stuff. I mean, so you know, fast forward, uh, where where do you become a libertarian, uh, and and how did you kind of have that seed planted? Uh, well, my my uncle's always been a flaming libertarian. Uh, he was sharing some Ron Paul videos or something at one point. I uh, watched them and I kind of started sharing them. And then I was actually deployed. I was actually an Alien Deed, and he uh, kind of started emailing me. And he's, you know, hey, check this out. Hey, if you liked that, here's. He sent me an audio book of the law, and uh, so I, I remember, you know, doing doing gate duty, sitting there with my M16 and my headphones in listening to the law on audio <laughs> so your your uncle is feeding you Bastiat while you're in the air force yes yes for oh, sure oh what a bastard <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like you can't get out soon enough when when you start reading that stuff right right, right. yeah that was about probably a year and a half maybe before i before my contract was up was this uh, was this the second deployment to camp cupcake over there in qatar yeah. 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 Well, I mean, at least you're there, right? Like it's, it's, it's not like, uh, I mean, it's too terribly, uh, kinetic in, in, in Qatar anyway. Right. Yeah. I just went and sat by the pool and listened to 
listen to audio. God, boy, I'll tell you what, our experiences in the uh, service differ greatly. I mean, it is it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, Iraq was a little different, all right? <laughs> yeah. Where, uh, where were you about in, in Iraq? Uh, Kirkuk, Fob Warrior. Okay. Uh, in, in six months, a year? Yeah. What yeah, was it? Year. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are, so a year inside of, of Kirkuk and, um, you know, did, wh- what were you doing inside the air force? Uh, it was half a year and, uh, I was, oh. well, I was an ammo troop. I, uh, with ordinance for the army or Marines, I think, um, you know, hmm. handled explosives, stored them, inspected them, built, uh, you know, the big aircraft bombs, you know, 2000 pound, 500 pound, whatever, uh, the missile. Oh, the GBUs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you, you're an ammo tech. So, I mean, when it comes to ammunition, um, and that's what that's one thing that I, I guess uh, we didn't deal with a lot uh, is is guys that actually do, um, you know, handle and put all these things together. So, I mean, it takes I imagine a good bit of school to understand how to not mess that up, right? You'd think so. You, I mean, some <laughs> of the guys that come out of there, <laughs> we worried about, but uh, yeah, I think it was. I think about 10, 10 weeks or so. It wasn't, okay. you know, wasn't an extreme amount of time, but you know, you know how the military training is it's all a crash course. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sink or swim and you don't, you don't dare want to get recycled for anything. Cause if you have to spend <laughs> you know, any more time getting, well, I don't think they yell at you guys in the air force, but you know what I mean? Like may, maybe no second dessert or something. <laughs> they, they, just, they, they give us either a, a happy face sticker or a sad face sticker. I love this conversation already. So, so you start, you start seeing a little bit of the light because of, uh, of an uncle who's given you boss yet the law, how far down this libertarian, you know, rabbit hole are you now? Are you libertarian, big L? Uh, is it um, minarchist? Is it full on anarchist? W- where are you? Uh, yeah, I consider myself a minarchist. Um, okay. I was. I've worked in the, the Illinois State Party for a while. Uh, I've never been, never got real big in on the national scene. I, uh, I was a political director for Illinois for four or five years. Um, you know, work, helped with multiple campaigns and, and, you know, multiple different projects and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you, so you've been politically involved for a long time, um, and, yeah. and this was, um, you know, like I guess. What twenty twenty is the is the last time that you ran for a seat? Was that your first run? Uh, that was my second in twenty sixteen. I ran for state rep. Uh, okay. And both both times, I I was kicked off the ballot by our uh, pretty horrible ballot access laws. All right, let's all right, let's talk about ballot access for a second. <laughs> ballot access here in Georgia, we got some of the worst laws in the nation. Are you telling me that Illinois is just as bad? You guys can't get on ballots for things. Uh, it's quite possible. I mean, our our state party, we we always get the the top ticket on there. You know, we all come together and either through volunteer uh, signatures or just blow a bunch of money on signatures. We we get there. Um, but yeah, for for local races, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of people from across the state will come help in a local race and help you get collect signatures and stuff like that. You know, Brian Brian Lambert is somebody that has always been great for that. If you know who he is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he he's always great for helping out people with signatures and. And pretty much everything. He's yeah. a powerhouse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, local races are, are tough just because of the, the requirements. Yeah. Uh, it, it, would I, am I going to offend you if I if I swear? No. 
No. Uh, I don't know. You know, sometimes Air Force and all that fun stuff. It's no, I, I'm kidding. But like, I mean, the fact that you can't get on a ballot in a race in America doesn't. I mean, seriously, I mean, it pisses me off just even asking the fucking questions. It's like, I mean, what did we do? What did uh, there was no service to America and her freedom and liberty and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Nobody in government respects that shit at all and to think that you know two parties hold you know the the reins on and you know the 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 ring of power on who can and who can't voice their opinion and put their name in for office is crazy yeah and and who the voters are or aren't allowed to choose to uh you know represent them right that's that's the biggest thing for me is you know, I, I got a ton of sig- I got more signatures than I was required to uh, by about seven or eight hundred, I think. And they went through and were able to invalidate enough of those because either the signature was illegible or the address was wrong because they had moved recently and didn't update their their voter registration. But you know what? All of those people, all of those citizens of Illinois said they wanted me on that ballot, said they were exercising their First Amendment rights, their free speech through me and the state was like nah nah no way not only that but like how many signatures did the democrats and republicans have to gather to get on the ballot they had to get 500 they had to like to get on a ballot you have to have signatures no matter what in illinois uh for for the local races 500 for state statewide races um the established parties have to get 5,000 third parties have to get 25,000 which actually turns into closer to 50,000 once you, you know, account for challenges and stuff. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that's not, you you just pay your way on the ballot here in Georgia in terms of, you know, the, the federal races uh, and Mm -hmm. some of the state races. Right. Uh, But outside of that, yeah, there's a lot of times when you have to raise enough signatures and we just won a court case down here not long ago um, on, even at the federal level where we couldn't run for U S house of representatives down here. And just like, like, what the hell like this oh man it, it, it really pisses me off to think that republicans and democrats just kind of have this wholesale you know like i don't holier than thou you know i guess headline right now especially out of here in georgia where you know they're the voting laws have hit national headlines right like there's right. not fair yeah. right and you're sitting there like i agree it's not fair it's never been fair it's always been rigged it's rigged now but it's rigged for both of them and it's they don't talk about us at all right yeah it's well you know when you when you allow one group of people that uh have a lot of common goals to write the rules for who's allowed to play in their game it, it tends to be like that. Yeah. Are you um, are you excited about this run? I mean, you guys probably have a um, you know a lot to do before you even get to the point where you're the Libertarian nominee, correct? Right. Yeah. That, I'm very excited. But yeah, uh, our nominating convention is in October. Um, oh, it's good. As far as far as I know, right now there's there's no other announced candidates. Uh, we'll see a little closer to time if somebody throws their hat in the ring. But you know, we've been we've been working hard. Uh, I've got a great team. Um, you know, Harrison is, is amazing. Uh, but is he, is he there on the ground working oh, with yeah. you guys right now? Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. He's helping cool. out a lot. Absolutely. Awesome. Oh yeah. Harrison's a man. Harrison. Absolutely <laughs> man. 
<laughs> I, I agree. You know, it's funny that, you know, you just happen to bump into a guy and get to have lunch with him. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're talking to other candidates running for governor uh, across the country. So um, with, with that, you know, it, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you have, you know, you have some ideas about nullification as a governor. Did when when you decided executive versus legislative, did a light bulb kind of go on and go, man, I could be far more effective as a libertarian running for an executive position than I can for a legislative position? Yeah, you know, I started looking into exactly what the the, the powers and what the governor does, especially via executive order, especially with the the COVID pandemic and you know all of these frankly, unconstitutional federally and within the state's constitution, uh, executive orders that he, he kept using and using and using for lockdowns and, and to shut businesses down and put people out of work and put people out of their homes uh, or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, in, into poverty. And, uh, it, you know, I, I kind of just looked at it and, you know, as governor, the, the state police department is an executive branch uh, department. I would be appointing the head of the state police. And there's a lot I can do with that. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Right. Like, I mean, and that's the thing is like, you, you kind of look at what is possible, you know, what you can turn people on to the idea of the executive doing in the, in the right way through nullification with that ungodly power that they've got. Right. Is like you sit there and you start to go, listen, we can unwind this. We can we can sit there and say, we'll leave you alone, which I think is going to be, you know, like my slogan and you're welcome to use it. And maybe it might be a great thing for executives in the Libertarian Party who are running to maybe even, you know, capitalize on in terms of a joint movement. I'm, I'm trying to get this uh, Helios, you know, um, movement up and off the ground. It's, it's, it's called the Helios Initiative. And I'm trying to link everyone who's running for Libertarian as governors or sheriffs now or as mayors in in the united states to sit here and maybe uh come together maybe sign a like almost like like a promise right sit there and say we will nullify as much government as humanly possible at every level that we're in absolutely i love that yeah yeah i mean so as as state police let's let's just talk hypothetically right you're the governor day one what are you doing? Uh, I'm getting rid of the head of the state police, putting my own guy in there. And I'm saying we are not enforcing any victimless crime. We are not uh, pulling people over for stupid crap. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not arresting people because they have weed they bought from their buddy instead of the government sanctioned dispensary. Uh, you know, none of, none of that stuff. We're, we're, going to make people more free on day one with just that action are you uh boy i've got so many big questions for you are you (laughs) are you open to the idea of secession uh it's been brought up a lot um yeah and there's actually a a pretty big movement uh in illinois to actually split the state in two um well that's not you know necessarily secession i think that's a pretty interesting concept to you know separate Northern Illinois and, and this, you know, Chicago political machine, the mafia and, uh, you know, the, the Southern half of the state, which is just, you know, rural, rural fields. 
that's good hunting down there for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. I, I have a lot of the same ideas. I mean, it's like, you know, day one is, Hey, listen, executives across the state. I'm going to tell you right now, if you violate people's rights, I'm going to find you. I'm going to throw you in jail and we are going to make an example out of you first and foremost, as people who should have questioned the, the legislative branch and the judicial branch. That's your job as the executive. And I feel like the executive just been like, man, they've given us all this latitude to go out there and point guns at people, cage people and kill people. Yeah. What are your thoughts on criminal justice reform? I've uh, got a lot. <laughs> uh, Let's go. In, in Illinois, we did pass a uh, qualified immunity law. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's actually something that one, one of the very few things that Illinois has done right in the last 30 or 40 years. So w- when did you guys get that passed? Just recently? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just recently since, uh, you know, the, the George Floyd murder. <clears throat> so so Illinois came together and said, you know what, qualified immunity, that's a bridge uh, that should have never been built and we need to tear it down. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, it, was, it was, like I said, it's, it's one of the, the few things. Uh, that God, I'll tell you what, what is it, the, the, I was going to say broken clock, but that's right twice a day. Maybe, you know, the, the, the sunshine on a dog's ass, you know, that's, that, I guess that's more of it. Because I would have never expected, you know, Illinois to be, you know, one of the probably one of the first states out there. I thought I saw something about Arizona doing something like that as well, but I, I'm, I might not be correct in that. But no, that's awesome. So you so you've got qualified immunity off the books. Anything else in terms of criminal justice reform? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to decriminalize all drugs. Um, you know, it's tearing apart families. It's it's ruining our economy. It's just really, you know, building the, the poor areas and, and expanding our homeless. Um, you know, I, I think addiction should be handled as a health issue instead of a criminal justice issue. You know, I, I want to end cash bail. Cash bail is nothing but ransom. Uh, yeah. I want to end minimum, minimum mandatory sentencing. Uh, no knock raid, civil glasses, forfeiture. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. Oh, it's man, just keep going. You, if I'm falling in love here, man, it's my love language. No, it's, I mean, exactly right. Like, the all of these things need to happen. And I, I want to kind of, you know, I, I know it might be cliche to talk about the drug issue as, as libertarians, but I think veterans have a real special place in this. I don't, I don't know if you've ever, uh, you know, looked at, you know, cannabis or psilocybin, you know, to, to try to, you know, go and, and, and try these things uh, for PTSD or anything like that. Have, have you ever, you know, dabbled in any of these arenas? Uh, not really as a medication, uh, more as a, <laughs> a recreational activity. Yeah. Hey, well, and that's, it's, it's 2021, you know, it's like, why are people lying about cannabis? You know, I, I same here, man. Like I didn't realize what it could do for post-traumatic stress, you know, and I didn't realize what it could do to just, you know, if you, you got an endocannabinoid system, you got a system that handles psychedelics. It's like, you know, maybe there's a reason for these kind of things. And if people are using them and they're only killing bags of Doritos, do I really care as a governor of a state? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, uh, I did an interview one time when I was running for state rep and, and the talk got into victimless crime. And so, you know, I brought up uh, marijuana legalization. I said, you know, if, if, if I want to sit on my, my couch and get blitzed out of my mind, the only victim is a bag of Funyuns. 
<laughs> right? Like, who? I, I don't know, man. As a Marine, I just saw, I mean, and I, I was one of them, you know, you, on the weekend, the weekend would roll around if you weren't off doing a, a, a training exercise or whatever it was. And even if you were on a training exercise, for God's sakes, like, we drank our asses off. I mean, oh. and I'm talking like functional alcoholics, <laughs> right? Like, guys, I mean, to the point where you, you had the corpsman, or in your case, the, the, the doc coming around and sticking you with, you know, an IV or something in the morning before a run or whatever. But, I mean, like, it was full-on mania. Yeah. And it was, it was, I tell you, it was aggressive, man. Like, alcohol, boy, there's a reason the Class 6 sells alcohol at, uh, at a discount, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a whole other world. It's it's way different than the the college partying experience. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, too many too many dudes, uh, too liquored up, and just you know, one wanting to fight. You know, so much red, white, and blue spangliness running through yeah. our veins out there. Um, <laughs> with, with, with cash bail, you said uh, it's 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 ransom. Yeah. Oh man, go please expound and, yeah. and enlighten everybody. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's the perfect example of everything wrong with our criminal justice system. You know, it, it essentially ensures that if you're poor, you'll be in jail until your trial. You know, if, if, if you're not poor, then you get out. Um, you know, those who are rich or well-connected have no issue meeting that bail and, and going about their way. Um, if, if you're the danger to the public, if, if you know, if you committed a, a violent crime and you're a danger to the public, then, you know, you shouldn't have bail. Uh, and if you're not, then you shouldn't be in jail to begin with. You should just await your trial. If, if it's a monetary thing and there's no reason you should be in jail, just sitting there waiting for your trial. Weird, right? I mean, it, it's like we invented a, a, a way for some people to get rich off of innocent. And I say innocent, like not well, innocent peaceful, guilty. peaceful people, right? Yeah, right. Like, and you're in, and you're exactly right. You know, if if you're a violent person or you're, you know, ex, you know, suspected of a violent crime, we're going to release you with cash. No, we're not going to release murderers and of sex offenders and people who coerce and assault people. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, man. If, if a few dollars can get you get you out, then you shouldn't be there to begin with. Yeah, I, I think that comes back to the right to a speedy trial of your peers and, you know, not some bought off, you know, hand selected jury uh, for, yeah. uh, you know, a, a mandatory minimum type of uh, case or something like that. Absolutely makes perfect sense. Uh, and, and it does. It, sh it, it just further highlights how broken uh, the criminal justice system is uh, ending the war on drugs. You've hit that. The. the Illinois somehow got it right and, and removed uh, qualified immunity. Um, no knock raids as the as the chief executive of the state. Is this happening? Uh, I mean, it's happening now. It won't be happening in a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, like, as far as not where I can uh, where I have the authority to extend, um, you know, that they only exist because they're expedient to laws for uh, law enforcement agencies in the, the war on drugs. You know, they violate our constitutional rights and they're dangerous in execution. You know, too too often the the wrong home is raided or, you know, there, there's children or, or other innocent lives that are taken in the crossfire. You know, se several states, I think or Oregon, Florida uh, have already outlawed it. Um, and yeah, when I'm elected, I'm, I'm going to appoint a new director of state police who will put an end to it. 
do you have any do you have any ideas uh you know let's just say there there's some violent people out there and what comes to mind is I, I saw this one sheriff out of Kentucky uh, years back who was part of the uh, uh, you, uh, the Constitutional Sheriffs of America, right? Uh, CISPA, I think is what it is. Yeah. And uh, really, really good guy, man. Smart. Uh, you know, I may not agreed with him on some of the things that he would, you know, pull people in for. But I did really like what he said um, in terms of raids right like going after people in the middle of the night kicking in doors being violent um you got any ideas on how to do that differently with violent criminals uh i mean just like you would a normal person i mean there's i i'm not really sure but for certain it should not be a no-knock raid and it should not be a uh, warrantless uh, search or, or anything like that um Really, as far, as far as how to strategically do that, I would have to work, you know, with, with law enforcement professionals and people, uh, you know, who actually have uh, experience in that. Yeah. Uh, see, my, my experience is a little different as, as we weren't, uh, you know, really a, a local police force or anything like that over there. No, and, and that's the thing is, like, I, I think maybe, um, you know, my background kind of maybe better understands, like, I, I used to do direct action all the time when I was in, and so... Um, this when this guy talked about it, you know, he would he would call whoever he needed to go pick up, right? And he'd be like, "Hey, man, um, we got a warrant out for your arrest." If they had a warrant out, you know, if they just needed to pick him up, uh, they would they would go out and you know pick him up and say, "You're suspected, obviously, of a violent crime," you know, before, yeah. in in a good situation, not in, instead of a, a fearful situation where people are, you know, going to do some crazy things like he would extend respect to them, even though they were a, a suspect under the law for a crime. And he'd say, hey, man, get your affairs in order. We'll be by on like a Wednesday or something to pick you up. And I, I was like, you know, this is the type of this is the type of thinking and strategies completely outside of what policing is now. I think was probably more in line with what happened, you know, uh, back in the day in, in in more rural areas where people knew each other anyway. Yeah, uh, a, g- a good friend of mine, uh, he's a Vietnam vet. Um, he was a sheriff in the the nineties, I think, and cop cop his whole life after Vietnam, and he he was a county sheriff here in, in my home county, and you know he, he tells me all kinds of those stories. He just he'd call somebody up on the phone, hey, idiot. I'm coming to get you. Just hang out. I'll be there in a little while. <laughs> uh, don't do anything stupid. I don't want. We don't. We don't want to have trouble, right? Yeah, he'd have, he'd have a guy, uh, you know, come out of the house with a knife, and he would just be like, you know, he wouldn't. He would not. Never even pull his firearm out of his holster. He would just say, "Look, you're not getting to me before I put three holes in you. Just put it down and come on." <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it, it wasn't an immediate just action. It was. It was him trying. You know, it, it was his neighbors. It was people around i think you know a lot more local control policing is always a good thing yeah i 100 agree with that and, and what do you think about privatizing um police forces uh, I'm, I'm totally in on that if, if somebody uh you know if i see a good proposal or or something of that nature i mean that's a, a great way to you know keep keep the, the policing force on a leash and, and not grow into to something that we don't want it to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the same thing is, you know, if, if people, I think there are a lot of people out there who need police, right. I, I really do. I think there's oh, yeah. a, a, a time and a place 
uh, for for dudes with guns, right? Like, and it, it, there are some really shitty, evil people out there. And, you know, to have yeah. uh, a volunteer police force where you can sit there and say, eh, you know what? I don't like what these guys are doing, so I'm not going to pay for them. And, you know, as, you know, jobs and maybe ratings of officers, you know, comes into play, like if they're way out of line with what they're doing, I think there's a, a huge market for that. And one of the things I talk about with people is like, can you imagine like if Chick-fil-A ran your police force, right? <laughs> did, you, did you like your service? I mean, seriously, yeah, right. <laughs> That's that. I know that's probably a pretty high bar in terms of you know customer service for police. But you know what I'm saying is, is there's a possibility that could be that good. Uh, yeah, and and I think that um, not only makes you know the populace safer and happier, it also uh, makes the police's job easier and safer, um, and probably would end up being higher pay because it would be a more specialized thing, and they would end up having a lot better training because of it. Have you thought about maybe uh, not taking a salary as a governor? Uh, I've I pledged that uh, right now the governor's salary is one hundred seventy thousand. I've pledged to take seventy thousand of it. Um, okay. Because you know I'm a mechanic. I'm not a. I'm not rich. I got bills to pay, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you. Um, it, it, I, I get around to this too, and uh, you know what I'm looking for is you know is people who are thinking out of the box and people who are trying to do, you know, good things with less and also, you know, practice what you preach. Right. And it's like, you know, I, I think there's a way, especially for, you know, guys like me that run podcasts, right? Like if you guys want me to be governor, then pay me. And if it falls, you know, into that basket where I can sustain myself and my family with that, then I'll, I'll be your governor. Right. Like, but as far as pointing guns at people in the state and saying, you got to pay for this guy. Maybe you don't agree with this guy, right? Like maybe you just can't stand the air that that dude breathes and you think he's an oxygen thief, right? Like I'm okay with people saying, I don't want to pay that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am too. I mean, which as far as I'm concerned, you know uh, what, what I'm trying to do, especially with, with taxation, I mean, Illinois is the highest uh, effective tax rate in the country. And I want to, I mean, just cut and slash and do everything I can. <laughs> uh, really? What for for business or, or what 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 tax? Uh, the highest effects of tax rate. Um, business taxes, personal income tax. Um, you know, your estate taxes, property taxes. I mean, literally everything is just. How much are you guys paying in in, uh, in income tax for the state up there? Um, I can't even remember the number right now. Upwards of like nine percent, I think, is what it is. Yeah, it it's eight point seven five, I believe. I can't remember yeah. the exact number, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing Illinois, and I was like, "Man, that is a monster percentage of you know income to go to the state." It's, it's I think it's up there with uh, with New Jersey might be one of the highest. I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I, I don't think it's that high. It's uh, actually our income tax is somewhat low. It's more, I think it's five and a half percent. It's it's lower, but um, everything else combined that just just comes in and is what they call you know the highest the uh, effective tax rate. You know all the yeah. taxes combined, we pay more than than any other state. Yeah, I mean the fact that you know they've got their hands into us for you know over you know fifty percent of what we're you know bringing in these days. I mean with right. you know, the time they take it out from the beginning till the time they take it out from the end. It's just like, it, it's crazy. So you, you're big on, uh, on tax reform. I guess my, my follow-up question to that is, um, taxation is theft. 
Taxation is absolutely theft, and inflation is theft as well. How do we, how as a governor do you try to get that to approach zero as fast as possible? Uh, veto power and any bill that comes across my desk with a single one one millionth of a percent of a tax raise, I'm vetoing. Yeah. What about uh, what about spending? Are you do you guys have uh, the the power of spending up there in terms of the executive review? Uh, yes. Yep. And and we also have line item veto, so I can I can really play with a lot of that too. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, I got a, a, another big question for you. Are you going to pardon? Uh, anybody and everybody of nonviolent crimes, including people that don't pay their taxes. As many and as much and as often as possible. So, you know, like <laughs> almost day one, are you, can you, could you, you know, promise the people of Illinois, if, if you're in prison for a nonviolent crime, um, minus maybe trespassing, right? Um, the, yeah, that, that, are you, that, you're that, out, that, huh? That's an attack against somebody's property or, you know, um, but even, it, if nobody, even if nobody got hurt, they're still a victim. But everybody else, hey, go home. Sorry, the yeah. state. You know, yeah, this, if you didn't, if you didn't hurt anybody or take their stuff, uh, you, you shouldn't be in prison. Yeah. Now, um, are are you thinking uh, retributions for that? I, I haven't thought into that. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't really like the idea of uh, taking more money from you know redistribution of wealth. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 that's, that's why I asked, uh, because there are going to be a lot of people like, well, if they were in prison wrongly, does, doesn't the state owe them something and be like, Hey man, listen, uh, we're trying. A, a way to do that would be maybe a jobs program, you know, some, so, some of the, the few, uh, uh, state positions that I leave open and, you know, they, they can work at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very few. Yeah, but I mean, the, the fact that, you know, I, I think you get out of that by, you know, just understanding, hey, listen, we don't do more wrongs to, you know, to, to gloss over this wrong that we did. We, exactly. we say exactly. this is it and we're not doing any more of, of this kind of stuff. Um, I, 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 a little little switching gears. Um, when the when the governor of Illinois came out and locked down Illinois, was that kind of the moment in your mind? Like kind of walk me through that for you. It was just, it was awful. <laughs> you know, he, he came out every day and would give his briefings uh, ba based on the the available intelligence or, or what he was being told or what he'd made up or whatever. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it, it was every day. It was very, very contradicting. Um, every day was, was contradicting the, the briefing from the, the day before, uh, much like, you know, Fauci was doing. Um which is not to say or in any way uh, say, say that the pandemic was not serious. I mean, it, it certainly was. But when, when you have government entities and, and specifically J.B. Pritzker coming out and saying, you know, everybody has to wear a mask right now or you're, gonna, or you're all going to die. Mm -hmm. uh, and then coming out two days later, three days later, uh, actually, wait, guys, nobody should wear a mask. It's not really that bad. Only nurses and doctors should wear a mask. Uh, and, and the reason behind that, and, and you, you found out in, in Fauci's released emails, uh, and which we kind of, you know, all of us that are capable of thinking already knew this, was that they were running out of masks. Right. So instead of, instead of just saying from the beginning, we don't know everything about this disease. We're studying it. We're looking at it. We have these recommendations uh, for, for, for everybody to, to be as safe as possible. We'd really like for you to do that. We will let you know as soon as we know more. That's the way it should have been handled. Trust the American people instead of trying to deceive them. 
so you're you're saying they should have defaulted to hey listen we probably need to expand all your rights instead of locking down all of your rights like hey you know in, in the in a moment of emergency maybe what we should do is say good luck use all the rights and all the power that you absolutely have to make this work yeah and give as much transparency as possible you know that that was the the big problem was a complete and utter lack of transparency or really really opposite of transparency you know making up lies to try to deceive us into acting like they wanted us to rather than just telling us this is why we want you to do this um yeah yeah, I, I kind of I, I had a, a very vitriol reaction to Brian Kemp down here when he was just like, yeah, um, if you see people gather in a group, tell them to disperse. And if they don't disperse, you call me. Right. Like, or you call us. I was just like, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, as a as a, a vet, you know, a guy that, you know, quote unquote, you know, was supposed to have, you know, I don't know maybe want a little bit of liberty for my fellow, you know, countrymen, especially in my state and local communities. It's like to have right. a governor come out and say something to that effect, you know, I'm we're locking down your damn rights. We're locking down your churches. We're locking down your your livelihoods, your business. We don't trust you to navigate your life during an emergency. Right. I man, I was fucking pissed i mean i'm still pissed about it that's why i'm doing what i'm doing and and even just the, the wisdom and the actions of we're, we're going to shut down um all these local businesses and stores and and you know this the shoe store can't open but walmart can stay open because now we have to funnel everybody into the same spot not only that they actually cut back the state cut back on walmart's hours so now we have to funnel everybody to the same spot at the same time because that's how we're going to prohibit this disease from spreading I, I, it doesn't make sense to me so so let, let's just i mean for for the sake of you know acting and fun right like you know you're you're the governor uh and covid is coming down and all these other states are, are locking down what do you say to the the residents of illinois i just give them the facts i say you know i i give them exactly what i know i give them the, the recommendations of of the people that i trust and you know the scientists and the doctors that know what they're talking about better than I do. And I say, this is the information we have. This is what I would like, you know, for, for you guys to consider. Um, I'm going to be taking, you know, these actions to protect myself and those around me. I would really like it for you guys to do the same. And you give them every avenue in the world to, uh, to use their conscience in the preservation of their life. Right, exactly. Yeah, let them know this is, this is a serious thing. And I am trusting and, 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 putting you guys in charge of, of making sure it doesn't get worse. I tell you what, man, it sounds scary. It sounds like, Oh my God. Like, oh, can you imagine if we had done that to, to, to figure out, to have all at least let's just say 50, let's just say we have 50 little republics working on how to best beat a pandemic versus the one size fits all from government. This Still hasn't worked. If masks worked, right? Like we would, they we wouldn't be talking about COVID. If the shots worked, we wouldn't be talking about COVID. If lockdowns worked, we wouldn't be talking about COVID. Still, it's a year and a half later. It's COVID nineteen. It's twenty twenty one, and we're more than halfway through the fucking year. And these guys, with their one size fits all type of, I don't know, dictation in terms of how we treat what we do, 
I don't know. And, and the fact that they've got people locking us down for saying, you know, drugs, like I'm not like if I say the drug that's cured India right now, they're going to be like, oh, that video is gone. So like it, it, it I don't know. I, I just see this decentralization process is such a no brainer for anybody who's not a you know a libertarian at this point to go, oh my God, look at look at what these guys are saying. We want to try more things all over the place to find the best <laughs> possible solution and have all of this information readily available to the to the public. It's it's crazy talk. It's crazy. You need to you need to see somebody about this. <laughs> I know, I know. Liberty, I got liberty on the brain, man. It's, it's, it's a psychosis for sure. Um, let's let's. So on this lockdown thing, we're gonna have to deal with some very serious things that I don't think is gonna please everybody. Um, and that, and that's just I think you know when when you wear the hat of governor, especially. Um, you're going to piss some people off and you're going to piss some very good people off um, that are at maybe even libertarian for that matter. The What's happened in terms of the state, the murder cult, the corporations, the banks, the indoctrination system, all of them that are part of this unholy alliance, messing with our livelihoods in the past year, disrupting our economies at every level. What do you do for the people that have lost their income, lost their jobs, lost their businesses, and can't make the rent anymore? Um, you know, uh, I'm not entirely sure that there's a lot I can do other than just creating a, a, a better environment for them to thrive in. You know, removing government barriers, removing restrictions and regulations, um, you know, not arresting kids for selling lemonade in front of their freaking houses, uh, you know, um, just making a more a more healthy climate to be successful in is going to be a big deal, you know. Uh, I, you know, I'm a mechanic. I've, I've got you know a lot of skills that I could use uh, right in my driveway to to make money. And technically, if I don't pay my, my cut to the state, I'm a criminal, uh, and that should not be the case. Right. Yeah. I mean, if somebody trusts you and they want to have a consentful exchange, then you're you're good to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think this I, this is one I've struggled with personally, right? Like, this is a question I'm like, hey, man, th this is going to be something that is going to be asked of governors. Like, where where are, is the, the forgiveness you know, and where is, you know, the justice, right? Because, I mean, there's there's both sides. There's there's no there's not going to be any justice for people who have had their lives turned upside down that either can't pay their house note to the bank and as far as I'm concerned as governor, fuck the banks. I really don't care if the banks, you know, roll over and die. We'll, we'll survive with all the crypto and everything else that's coming on. And then, you know, I, where I, where I do have the sticky point is, you know, people that do have properties that live off of income from those properties made investments. And now they're also getting screwed by the government. You know, I, like how do you how do you square that man <laughs> that's a good question I, I don't know that i have it in my power or authority to square that uh because i'm not going to take from from somebody that's also hurting just to you know to to help these other people out that are hurting there, there there's unfortunately no perfect fix all that i can do is is make a more healthy environment you know um what, what, what do you say to the landlords to kind of, um, you know, maybe soften them up and create a better environment there for everybody as, as a, as a leader in your state? Like, what do you, what do you say to those guys? 
your property taxes are effectively uh, suspended until I can get rid of them for permanent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I can do that. Um, your, your, your payroll taxes for your uh, janitors or your housekeepers or whatever, um, you don't have to pay those for, you know, a certain amount of time until I can end them permanently. <laughs> you know, um, your whatever um, regulations you have to, you know, whatever licenses you have to buy, all that is suspended until I can get rid of them permanently. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of those things, these things temporarily through executive order. And do do you do you maybe just you know reach out person like to to the the communities and and through you know social media through this kind of thing through media and and say hey listen you know it's your property you got a right to do with it what you want but in a time where we're hurting if nobody's coming to your house from the bank to collect money from you you know it, we the state are going like way well, I said we the state we're going to keep the executives away from your house no matter what happens because we haven't had time to recover from this you know and this is this yeah. is a state inflicted injury you get to keep your house but maybe out of the goodness of your heart let people stay in your rental properties yeah and uh there's certainly something we said too for uh you know going back and crunching the numbers on some taxpayer taxpayer funded bailouts of banks and uh <laughs> maybe, maybe the scores down a little bit let's let's recoup some of that yeah that's, I, I, a, that's I, something I, the state police would be good for go get my my money that that balance sheet of the fed is getting mighty thick these days right <laughs> yeah. mighty yeah. thick and that's that, that's the racket isn't it? i mean you look at you know the the big winners in this you know, it, it's been the giant corporations. It's been the, the people in government. It's been the banks. I mean, when you look at the bank and, and what they've added to their asset list, right? Because people have defaulted on mortgages and on rent and things like that, and they can't pay their bills or they can't make payroll. Who gets that? The banks get that. Yeah. That, up. They are you, they are gathering so much property right now that they didn't earn, that they that they took terrible, terrible bets on, and probably encouraged the government uh, to, to to you know come out and use its executive arm, you know, in in this way that it has over the last year. I think, man, I'll tell you what, Democrats and Republicans both, I think they're going to take an absolute beating at the polls this time around. I sure hope so. It's it's certainly well deserved. Yeah. So what's your ground game like, man? Are you are you are you running all over the state already? Are you speaking at, you know, every type of place that you can? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've started. Um, I've been been to some events, you know, because I'm in southern Illinois. I'm, I'm 45 minutes from Paducah, Kentucky. You know, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. south. I, I've, been, I've been up to the northern the northern end a few times already um, here coming up on. The weekend of August eighth, uh, there's a Northern Illinois picnic, uh, Libertarians picnic, big, huge gathering of uh, Libertarians, and I'm going there. I will be manning the grill, uh, you know, just a, a meet and greet, M E A T. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! What what, what do you like grilling? Anything? Uh, well, they're planning on just doing burgers and dogs. Yeah. Uh, it, Ian and I are are probably going to bring either some pork chops or, or just you know, get some, some sirloins or something and, and kind of steal the show. I've actually, uh, we came up with our own recipe uh, rub, a dry rub seasoning, 
It's called uh, Scott's Gub Rub for your grub. <laughs> and we've got it bottled with labels of me as a cartoon pig with a chef's hat on and a spatula. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So we're gonna it's be good stuff, man. And stuff. <laughs> See, and, and I think this is what it has to be. I, I think it has to be just regular guys and gals getting out, getting after it and, and meeting people and, and having people start to talk. And I, th- I think, you know, with this whole thing, that's, that's kind of the name of the game is like, listen, we know that those people aren't good. We know that Democrats and Republicans have screwed this nation over uh, for as long as we've been a nation. Republicans, I'll give them since 1865, just because, you know, his, his, being historically accurate, but yeah. This last year uh, to see what they've all done, you know, all acting in unison, minus, you know, a couple of Republican governors who have, you know, loosened up more than the others. I don't hear any of them talking the way we're talking. And these are good common sense solutions. Uh, it is something that I think that will be met overwhelmingly uh, by the people with open arms at this point and say, hey, you know what, maybe it is. And, and to give, uh, you know, the people their due is like, hey, you know what, it's I, I, I see it in them. I see them. Mm-hmm. Something snapped loose this past year and they said, yeah, it's time for something different. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, to see how this goes. You know, um, while, while, like I said before, you know, I, I don't want to downplay the the effect of the actual disease or, or downplay you know the tragedies that people have gone through uh but both major parties uh, just the government in general has certainly jumped on the prospect of using that to to wrest more control away from us and yeah. we've got to fight back man oh you're you're not wrong and i mean when you know uh, you know I, I don't often quote uh, or cite ben shapiro because He's, he's a bit of a, of a hawk for me. But, um, you know, he, he put out something earlier today, a couple of good tweets and a thread. And I was just like, you know what? He's right. You know, in, in those first couple of threads anyway, or tweets, he said something to the effect of we lose like a couple thousand people a day to cancer and, uh, you know, diabetes and heart disease and things like this that are, you know, mostly preventable through diet and everything. And the fact that we haven't had this national you know, type of lockdown system or, you know, call to action system by executives across this nation to do something about those things while, you know, this 99.9% survivable, you know, uh, disease that takes out people who are about the same age as the, the, the morbidity rate out there, you know, 78 years old, they're obese, they have diabetes, like we, we've got a real opportunity to sit here and say, hey, listen, you know, I know what you're being fed. I know, you know, it's scary. I know these are some weird times, but I guarantee you, you know, the best thing we can do is create some liberty for you and your family and your community and let you guys solve those problems. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not a bad take for, uh, for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I may or may not have his uh, personal cell phone number in my phone and may or may not have prank called somebody may or may not have called him once or twice. I love it. <laughs> if you may or may not need somebody else to do it, let me know. Um, no, I, I, I kid, I kid. Well, hey, man, we're, we're running up on an hour, Scott. Um, I want to give you a, a few minutes. Um, any, anything else uh, that you wanted to cover before before we get out of here? Um, I mean, I, we, we covered a lot of my platform, you know. Um, didn't really get into the money talk a lot, but I don't need to. Uh, you know, the fact is that, you know, Illinoisans have been fighting an uphill battle 
against bad policy for decades. You know, we're overtaxed, overregulated, and underrepresented. Um, our, our elected officials, the governor, state representatives, everybody have forgotten who they work for and what their job is, which is to preserve our individual liberties and only legislate with that goal in mind. Uh, you know, instead, they've sold us out for money, power, and greed. And, uh, you know, as we talked about, the COVID pandemic is, is just uh, another example. And it, it, that problem has only been exacerbated with the, with the pandemic. Um, our rights, livelihoods, and laws have been stripped clean under the guise of public safety. You know, yeah. um, I want to lower taxes, reduce spending, deregulate the economy, reform occupationalizing, uh, repeal the FOID, which is our uh, firearm license that everybody is required to have if you want to own a gun, um, guarantee constitutional carry in the drug war, reform criminal justice, fix our pension. We have a horrible, horrible state pension crisis. We're, I think, $145 billion uh, unfunded in that. You know, the, the, these are the only things this is the only way to, to keep our state from uh, falling into bankruptcy and, and, our, and our citizens from being completely tyrannized. You know, I deserve better. We all deserve better. And uh, me and everybody else in Illinois are going to make it better. Yeah. You deserve to be left alone for damn sure. Uh, what's your website? Uh, ScottSluter.com. S-C-O-T-T-S-C-H-L-U-T-E-R. Is there any special way we can help you? Yeah, uh, you know, right now fun funding, funding, funding. Um, JB Pritzker has already dumped like thirty-five million dollars into his own campaign. I think uh, whoever the Republican candidate turns out to be is going to have a, a huge war chest. And you know, right now we're we're trying to buy some some voter data uh, so we can do some targeted uh, door knocking and print some uh, print some literature and stuff. So if, if anybody can can afford, you know, ten, twenty, a hundred bucks, whatever you got. 5,000 is the limit. You know, I would prefer most of you do that. <laughs> but uh, whatever you can do would be, be greatly appreciated, and it will definitely go towards uh, a good cause. Scott, man, I, uh, I wish you all the luck in the world. If I can do anything for you, maybe have you back on the show when it gets a little closer to the time and everything else. I think as this uh, this n next year unravels again and they try to lock everybody down for this Delta variant and everything else, it's going to be very apparent who's making noise, who's staying quiet, and who's fighting for you know, people's rights. And I think uh, I think you've got a great opportunity, brother. Um, thank you so much for joining me, and we'll talk real soon. Thanks a lot, man. Stay free. All right, brother. See you. Ladies and gents, it's Scott Schluter. Uh, absolute. I mean, this is what we got to have. This is what we got to have across the entire country. I am, I've got more people coming on the show for the Helios Initiative. Uh, not only governors, but sheriffs and mayors on top of it. I think it's going to be um, a great thing for America to see. Is a totally different, out-of-the-box type of thinking. Uh, where executives don't act maliciously and take people's you know life, liberty, and property, uh, and instead question and push back on the executive and the judicial branches. So anyway, thank you, Scott, for coming on, man. Uh, for the rest of you guys, I will see you next week, unless I get a wild hair this weekend. Uh, but until then, have a great weekend. I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.